Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, welcome to those folks who are watching online, and a particularly welcome to Aldergrove. Uh, it is good to be seen, uh, and it's, uh, it's good to come to you today and uh, to share the word with you in your new digs, and we are so excited about that and so excited for the official launch that's coming up this next week. So we're concluding our series on blessing our neighbor. And today I want to talk about the fact that words are important and we need to share our story. Now, if you've been following along in this series, you'll remember that uh, blessing our neighbors involves beginning with prayer, listening to them, eating with them, serving them. And today we're going to talk about sharing our story. Now, this less, last S in bless uh, may be the hardest part. Uh, I, I think all of us resonate with uh, what is attributed to St. Francis of Assisi when he said, preach the gospel at all times, when necessary, use words. Uh, we resonate with that because we say, you know, sometimes uh, people haven't really reflected the gospel well in how they live. And we really want to be the kind of followers of Jesus who in our daily walk, in our, in our daily lives, we're really preaching the gospel to people. But it is almost always necessary to use words when the gospel is being shared. After all, it's called the good news, the gospel. And good news is not news unless it's spoken. Now imagine the national news and, and say you're watching the national news so night and, and, and all that comes on the TV screen is uh, pictures. You know, there's a, there's a picture of Afghanistan, and then, then there's a picture of a doctor in the hospital, and, and maybe some nurses scrambling around uh, an emergency ward, and, and then there's a picture from Ottawa, and perhaps a picture of the Prime Minister, and, and, or, or perhaps the President of the United States, or perhaps uh, some, some other country in the world, like Africa, is shown. And, 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 and the whole news coverage is, is just pictures, and at the end of that, they say, well, that's the news. I think we'd all say, what was that? We didn't, we didn't really get any news. There were some nice pictures, but pictures really don't tell much of a story. Well, I know pictures can uh, evoke emotions, and pictures can certainly uh, help us understand things and see things differently, but we wouldn't really call that news. You need it to be spoken in a language that you can understand in order for news to be news. And so the gospel, the good news, has to be shared. It has to be spoken. I was reminding myself this last week of uh, Walter Cronkite. Some of you will know that name and some uh, younger people wouldn't know who that was. But he was uh, the one who was responsible to give the national news uh, in the United States. And he was, at the time when he was giving the national news, this would have been during the Vietnam War, during the Kennedy assassination, uh, he was the most trusted voice in America. And, and at the end of every broad, broadcast, he'd say something like, so that's the way it is. And uh, people would hang on his words because they really trusted that he was saying exactly the way it was in the world uh, at that particular moment in time. And the good news is like that. The good news is something to be shared. The good news is something to be spoken. It's not just to be acted out. It has to be heard in order to be news. Our text is from Romans chapter 10, verse 12 to 14. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the series and for these promptings that we have been involved with in this last month or so, uh, learning how to bless our neighbor in just practical ways. Help us to learn to share our story. Help us to be willing to talk about you, Jesus, uh, when we're given the opportunity by our friends and by our neighbors, and help us to have clearly in mind the things that would be helpful to say. In your name we pray. Amen. So in our text, it says the last line, and how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Now, this word preaching uh, today sometimes is used in a pejorative sense. People say, don't preach at me, meaning that that someone is trying to impose their will or someone is trying to, uh, from a lofty position, from a holier-than-thou position, tell someone else what they should or shouldn't do. But in the first century, this word preach didn't mean that at all. It, It meant to herald. It meant to bring a message to someone of of some importance, and it didn't have that pejorative sense. And so their modern translations will help us with that. It's, It's not about preaching per se. It's about telling our story. How can people know? How can people respond in faith unless someone tells them the story of Jesus? The Apostle Paul is explaining that in our text, and he's writing to both Jews and Gentiles who are alike in their need for salvation. He wants to emphasize this. He's he's saying to to the Jewish people, you just can't be born into salvation because you have been descendants of Abraham, because you've been born into a Jewish family. The Old Testament won't help you uh, or make you saved or make you come into the kingdom of God. It, uh, it can't do it. Faith and trust are absolutely essential. We have to call on Jesus in order to be saved. And in order to call on Jesus, someone has to present the gospel to us or tell us the story of Jesus. Paul then goes on in verse 14 to give us a series of questions that he's asking us about the gospel, about sharing the goodness. He says, but how shall they seek him? How shall they ask him to save them unless they believe in him? He then says, and how can they believe in him if they have not heard about him? And then finally he says, and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? This is from the Living Bible. How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? In order for people to be saved, someone has to tell them about Jesus. And and I I think that this last part of the BLESS acronym is the hardest part, this last S. You say, oh, you know, uh, I think most of us are hesitant. Most of us pause at, at this point and say, well... You know, of all the other things, yeah, I really believe that we should pray for our neighbors. I really believe that we should listen to them. I really believe that we should share with them. I really believe that eating with them would really help to, to create a, a sense of, uh, of community and a sense of intimacy where, where we could share. But this last part, where we have to actually talk, I don't know about that, Jim. Uh, that, that's, a, that's, that's different. And I think we're hesitant for a number of reasons. Now, first of all, we sometimes think it's this is something that only the super spiritual can do. Yeah, maybe if you're a pastor, maybe if you're a missionary, maybe if you've been to Bible college, maybe if you've been to seminary, 
Uh, after all, I don't know all the answers to the tough questions. They may ask me a question that I, 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 just, I just don't know, and then I'm going to look stupid, and I'll really, I'll really mess up uh, if this opportunity to share Jesus with someone. Uh, I just don't know all the answers. Well, here's a news flash. Nobody does. Nobody knows all the answers. I've been pastoring for 40 years, and I can be stumped with questions, and, and I have to pause and say, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I really have to spend some time thinking about that and uh, gathering a couple of resources to give you a good answer to your question. And sometimes the answer may simply be, you know, that's a mystery. <laughs> no one has figured out the answer to that. There are some things that are mysteries, like to, to balance uh, the, the sovereignty of God and, and humankind's free choice. Th those are really tough questions to get our heads around. Well, Matthew chapter 10, verse 19b and 20 help us with this. And, and, and at this point, uh, Jesus is talking about people who might be uh, hauled before a judge or, or put on trial for their faith. And he says this, he says, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. You see what Jesus is saying to us here is that when we are asked questions that are beyond us, don't worry, the Lord will help you, even if it's to say, uh, let's meet again and, and maybe I'll have a better answer. That could be a Holy Spirit prompting just, just to do that. Put the conversation on hold and say, I'll, I'll, I'll come back with you. With, I'll think about that. I'll, I'll do some research. I'll talk to a friend who knows more about that than I do. That's completely appropriate to say, I don't know. Uh, I'll find out for you. You know, and today, honestly, today we have more resources to help us point people to the truth than any other time in history. You can Google just about any question and find really good answers. And uh, you're certainly free to do that, even in the middle of a conversation to say, oh, oh let's stop. I, I think I'll, I, I know some uh, a resource that, I, I, uh, that has talked about that, that I've re read recently. And here, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll, I'll text you. Uh, uh, an, an address where you could look up and, and read for yourself a good answer to that kind of question. I think the second reason that we're, that we're sometimes hesitant is because we, in, in the culture that we live in today, we don't want to impose our beliefs on others. We, we just are kind of afraid to, uh, well, uh, there's a saying, you know, don't talk about politics and don't talk about religion publicly. Uh, we, we don't want to impose our beliefs on anybody. Well, we're, I'm not talking about imposing your belief. You don't need to do that. I, I think that we've all been offended by others who've tried to impose their beliefs on us. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about sharing your story. I'm talking about you saying to people, this is what helped me. It's not an imposition to try to help someone to, to share your story. You're not forcing them. You're not pushing them. You're just saying, this is what's helped me. This is where I've come from. This is my story, and, and maybe it will help you. Um, you know, I uh, was at a baseball game a couple of years ago down in Seattle to watch the Blue Jays uh, play the uh, Mariners. And outside the stadium, there was a, a guy uh, endeavoring to share the gospel, and he was just yelling at people that they were sinners, and he was just telling everybody that they were going to hell. And he, he had a little loudspeaker and a microphone, and he was screaming at people. 
and, and tried to impose it. And I thought, you know, I, I don't really think that's a, a good, a good impression of the kingdom of God or, or a Jesus way of inviting people to know the story. And uh, I'm not advocating for that. I'm not saying that that's what we should do. All we should do is to tell our story. D.T. Niles said this, Christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. I think that's a good uh, image for us to keep in mind when we think about telling our story. Uh, we found something that's helpful. We're just sharing it with others so that they could know uh, the life that can come through knowing Jesus. Thirdly, I think we're also hesitant because we are awkward when we're asked to talk about important things, anything important. Uh, I do this. Uh, when I'm asked about an important, uh, I say, um, ah, <laughs> uh, I stutter, my mind goes blank. I I'm not good at being asked really tough questions or asked to talk about important things at the spur of the moment. You know, uh, the reason I can talk to you as I'm talking to you is that I've spent hours thinking about what I'm going to say, and I've got notes prepared for what I'm going to say. I speak best that way. I, I don't speak well off the cuff or extemporaneously, and, and most of us don't. And, and we fear that. Um, uh, the, the story in John chapter 9 comes to mind of the, the healing of the man born blind. Perhaps you remember the story. Jesus came across a man who had been born blind. He had never seen. And Jesus decides to heal him in a, in a rather strange way. He, he takes some mud and some spit and he rubs it in the man's eyes. And then he says, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, in the story, Jesus doesn't, doesn't introduce himself. He doesn't ask the man to repent. He doesn't give him much of a gospel story. He doesn't talk about the kingdom. There's no sermon on the mount going on. It's just this simple thing of a stranger coming up to a guy, uh, doing something kind of strange with mud in his eyes and saying, go pot, wash in the pool. The guy washes and he can see, which is an incredible miracle because everybody knew he was a beggar. Everybody knew he was blind. And it, it became the talk of the town. And, and it happened to ha occur on the Sabbath. Well, this made the Pharisees very upset. And they, be, they, they brought the guy into them and they began to pump him with questions. You know, who did this? Uh, how could he do this on the Sarah? Who, who is this? They even brought the guy's parents in. They interviewed his parents and said, what happened? Who did this to this man? And, and, and they had very little to say. And the parents were afraid to say anything about Jesus because it had gone around that if anybody believed in Jesus, they would be kicked out of the synagogue. And so the parents said, um, hey, uh, if you want to know the story, talk to our son. Don't talk to us. And, and, and basically they're saying, we don't know who this Jesus was. We don't know who he is. We don't know where he is. And in fact, the, uh, the man who was born blind, he got a little bit snarky. And he said to the Pharisees, oh, uh, are you asking all these questions because you too want to be a disciple? Oh, that really <laughs> enraged them and they kicked them out. But, but all he could say was this, and, and, and this was really amazing. All he could say was, one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. That's all he could say. Jesus did this. I only know this. I was blind, but now I see. Well, I think that's a great response. And I think that that's, that's kind of what our, our story should be like. I, 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 I don't need to go into the whole story. I don't need to go into every detail and into all of theology that's found in the Bible. But this one thing I know, it was Jesus. I was blind, and now I see.
So every story has, has three basic parts, every good story. It, it's this, before you met Jesus, what was life like? Secondly, how you met Jesus. And thirdly, what your life has been like after you met Jesus. Now this story could take three minutes or it could take three hours to tell. I would suggest that you lean towards doing it in three minutes, that, that you think this through in your mind. And, and, and I think we all need to do this. I think we need to think through our story uh, to get it clear in our own mind so that we can articulate it clearly and succinctly. Uh, and we need to practice it. We need to practice our story. This is what life was like before I met Jesus. This is how I met Jesus. This is how Jesus has changed my life. This is what my story is like now. We should be able to tell our story in about three to five minutes. Someone said you should be able to tell a story in an elevator ride uh, as you're waiting to go up in, a, in an apartment building. If someone asks you about who you are and what you're doing, and, and, or maybe they're, they're struggling with something and you want to say, hey, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus and this is the difference he's made in my life. I'll pray for you, something like that. So we need to think about this and we need to practice it. Well, we're going to take a few moments to think about this, and you're going to hear some music play in the background. And uh, if you are online, then uh, uh, you will just take a moment to think as, uh, through these questions as we uh, consider the questions. And, and here are the three questions that we'd like to answer as you think about it. One, what was your life like before you met Jesus? Or if you've been a believer since childhood and you really can't really remember what your life was like, maybe answer the question is, what is your life like when you forget to rely on Jesus? And the second question is quite straightforward. How did you meet Jesus? What happened? And the third question is, what difference does Jesus make in your life? Well, let's pray. And then we're going to take a few moments to uh, think about that. And then uh, I'll come back with a concluding comment. Father, thank you that, that uh, you have reached into our lives and we all have a story to tell. Thank you for the importance of telling the story, of relating to others uh, what our life was like and, and, and how we met you and, and the difference that you've made in our lives. Help us, Lord, as we, as we reflect to, to clarify that in our own minds so that we, on the spur of a moment, could have something to say to people who ask us about Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that uh, you would uh, also open up opportunities, even this week, for us to tell our story as we've been praying for our neighbors, as we've been uh, reacting and interacting with our neighbors, and maybe we've had a chance to go for coffee or to eat with our neighbors. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that you would give us opportunity to share our story with them. We thank you that your kingdom advances when people just like us are willing to open our mouths and uh, tell our story. We thank you for that. Amen. We need to always remember that God is at work, not only in our own lives, in our personal lives, but God is at work in the world. God is at work in our friends' lives. God's at work in, in people's lives who don't know Him, who appear a long ways away from Him, who appear not even to be thinking about Him or considering Him. God is at work. His Holy Spirit is, is speaking to people, talking to people, arranging circumstances in people's lives that, that, that might be bringing them to a place of of commitment to Jesus. Uh, 
And we need to remember that we're really not the main event when it comes to people coming to know Jesus. We're, we're merely signposts in their lives. We're, we are merely there to point to Jesus. After all, uh, we can never argue anybody into the kingdom of God. Uh, very few of us have that kind of ability to con- convince people to believe. Most of us, our responsibility is just to point people to Jesus like a signpost. And if people come to Jesus because of conversations that we've had with them or because of promptings where we've shared our story, it will be because of His work in their lives, way beyond anything that we've said, way beyond anything that we've done. He will have been arranging circumstances and speaking into their lives a long time before and even during and even after we've spoken to Him. So so take confidence in that, that the pressure's not on you. Uh, It's the Holy Spirit who carries the burden of leading people to Jesus. Your responsibility is just as best as possible to share your story, just to be a signpost to point people to Jesus. Our doxology for this series has been 2 Corinthians 9.8. Again, it is, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things... At all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God bless you. Have a great week.